0: is going on everybody hopefully you guys are all doing well out there there's a reason why we're playing uh you know 90s rock bands uh right here in the beginning of the show maybe i'll get to that story later maybe i won't but uh there is a reason why we're playing uh a flashback band for you guys here In the beginning of the show, what I want to what are we going to talk about on today's show? Again, um, I'm going to preface maybe future shows here, right? Before we even get to today's show, I'll make a habit of pimping the next few shows before I even tell you what's going on today. But uh, I'm going to have an interview hopefully on Saturday. I think it it probably is going to happen, hopefully cross. I think... Um, we're good to go with the interview, E. but hopefully I'll be in a place where I can do the interview and we're going to talk to a collector, um, that's from north of the border where I'm from and, uh, it'll be, it'll be exciting. I think we'll get a some different perspective. I've got some questions and I'm sure he'll have some, some interesting things to talk about and we'll, we'll have a little conversation on a show after that. I'm going to bring a friend of mine that, um, and i say friend of mine like we went to high school or something together but uh this is somebody i met uh via our forum and like uh twitter and like basically cards and stuff and so i i'm up here in seattle i've i've had the pleasure of going to the monday night football that was we could have a whole show on the seattle seahawks fans i mean those guys are like guys and girls there was plenty of women there too um they're incredible. I mean, these people, they're up f- five scores in the fourth quarter, and they're on their feet cheering as loud as they did. Uh, you know, people, sure, people left, and it's a Monday night. I mean, people got to work, and there's traffic here in the city. But, uh, man, I was really impressed with these Seattle Seahawks fans, as I'm sure you probably could have told if you were at home or if you were at the game, too. Maybe you were there. Um so we're not going to talk about that, but I was with a friend of mine who actually, uh, followed, uh, who actually set the whole thing up and, and got me, uh, got me there. And, and we had a great, uh, conversation with, uh, check out my cards in, in their facilities, in their, one of their facilities, they have a, some facilities in Canada now. I don't see myself, I don't have a passport. I don't see myself going there anytime soon, but, um. We were in their U.S. facilities and it was kind of interesting. It was really fascinating and there was lots of questions that I probably still have that I might try to follow up via email since it's – you know, I will say that your cards are pretty damn secure. Like I didn't see you know, I saw some cards and I saw some customer cards, but um you know, I didn't see all seven million sitting in a room or whatever. So, um and I'll talk about that. And I'll talk about some of the stuff I saw, some of the stuff I didn't see, some of the questions I asked Tim and some of the stuff that they've got going on at Check Out My Cards. It was really uh Really, kind of cool to just be there. I mean, I've used the site so much and I've seen it kind of continue to evolve and things like that. And that's a lot of like some of my questioning was like, where are you guys going? What, you know, it looks like you've got cards nailed down. You know, obviously, you know, there's plenty more people that could potentially find the site and maybe find it useful or maybe use it more. Um, but what are your other growth areas and, and, you know, I'm not going to try to, some of the things that maybe the reason why we didn't like record an interview and stuff like that, because I think, you know, if you talk private with the privately with people, you can sometimes get a greater sense of, of some things, um, and I thought it was really, really interesting. So on today's show, we're really just going to be talking about um, my trip. I might slip in some Seattle. I mean, I've met some interesting people here in Seattle. All uh, You know, reference to uh, our opening song that we played. I mean, it's really an amazing city. So I'm having an amazing time in Seattle. and uh, But we, we took a trip over to check out my cards. And like I said, I will... I will attest to the area of town, you know, from somebody that has been in in many bad areas of, of cities and, and really nice areas of, of cities. And, you know, check out my cards where they're located. It is, I would call it like upscale industrial. I don't know if upscale is a word. It's not like flashing lights or like that kind of stuff, but it's really nice kind of industrial – area, but it's really in a nice setting. I mean, Washington is beautiful. It's hilly. They've, you know, they, they use the landscape well here. Um, it's, if it's a newer feel, it's, it feels newer to me when I, I mean, we just drove through the area. Your cards are in, in a pretty safe environment. I will, will say that. So rest assured, sleep well tonight. If you have cards at check out my cards or you're thinking about buying some of them there, they're pretty, you know, outside of the, the odd, natural disaster or something like that occurring your cards are pretty pretty darn safe um but the there was some very there were there were some things we we saw there like we saw the offices and we met people there was people working there was people coming in and out the parking lot was full when we pulled up you know there was i don't know how many cars there but it didn't seem like there was that many open spaces um so there was a lot of people there Um, A lot of people that we didn't see because we only saw about 12 people but there was at least two or three dozen cars there. So um, there was a lot more people there that we didn't see and a part of what we didn't see was how they scan the cards in to your account. Like when they receive it, what happens there. Like when you ship them a package – we didn't see that order flow or that workflow or how all that works and they didn't really want to talk about it that much um, and what they did say is that they could show us and tell us how it all worked and they would probably change it in you know 3 or 4 months and they might be doing things a little bit differently and i believe that to a certain extent with some of the processes back there but i believe i believe check on my cards really feels like they have something proprietary in the way they store the, in the way, I don't know if the way they store the cards, but in the way they, if you came up there and said, I want this 1989 Pro Set Barry Sanders card um, that's in my account. I want you to go in the back and bring it out here to me. They have some method there that I believe they, Feel is proprietary in certain ways i guess that they don't want to reveal that to people not inside the company like if you work there obviously you know what's going on um and they can leave the company and word would flow out or whatever you know what i mean um but they feel like they have something there that they don't want to show to the general public i think um, so and it's 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 out of respect too for your inventory. Like I would have felt uncomfortable walking around next to everybody's cards, and this is like, like kind of awkward. So, anyways, so I think they feel like they have something there, either with scanning the cards in, lo- locating the cards. Um, you know, I I don't know how that all works, um, but but the things that we did talk about and the things that we did see were were pretty impressive um there was a gentleman there was a several, we met employee number 1 at checkout my cards and he was he was he looked like a guy that could you know he was, he was doing everything you know he looked like a guy that could do and he probably knew all the processes and knew he would be a fascinating interview himself and um so they were back there. What we did get to see is like when your order goes out. So we saw boxes with with the white receipt that you get with the barcodes on them uh, when, you, when you receive an order from Check Out My Cards. And it was really interesting to see kind of the different processes they had. And they talked about error checking. There was a lot of retrieving the cards. And then there was also a system of checking errors. And one stat – there were several stats that Tim gave out. But one of them that kind of – raised my eyebrows a little bit but I believe these are I didn't write anything down I wasn't sitting there taking notes or anything so these are kind of reflected. I don't know if these are exact numbers, but to give you an idea, I believe he said they shipped basically for every 100,000 cards that they ship, they have about 10 errors or that was the the sample size that he gave me. And that seems incredibly low. Like I don't know what 1% is or half of 1% is. But 10 is really, really minute off 100,000 shipments. Ten At least those are 10 reported errors um, or like where the customer felt that they needed. They might have – I would, I would argue that it's probably a little bit higher than that. They might have customers that had an issue but just didn't report it. But the ones that actually had to come back and they had to deal with was only 10 and that's – to me, seems very really low, and so they have obviously some processes and some efficiencies there that they've really analyzed. And I don't know how entertaining I can make this, but it was real, that was like the most fascinating thing that we talked about was that at checkout my cards they have computer computer uh, programs that are written to analyze the speed and the efficiency in which their employees can scan a card in, can retrieve a card, can package the order and ship it and print the label and the time it takes to do something like that. So and they've analyzed that, I'm sure, over a a, a, bi- a large breadth of orders uh, and probably against, Several different employees, like a new employee or one that's very experienced or or one that might work really hard and one that might be a little slower, or might get distracted or something. Not that they're a bad employee, but maybe they're not as quick as, as, as some of the other people that work there. So they've analyzed this and been able to identify their costs essentially very accurately And they've been able to judge if they've got a a huge influx on orders and and a bunch of people start sending stuff in or what occurs over Black Friday where you have a bunch of orders and a bunch of stuff getting ordered and taken out. They've been able to analyze that and that's really high-level stuff. I don't see that going on – you know we've i have suggested it here on the sports card podcast and i think my brother brought it up pretty emphatically when he's been on here too is that you really need to analyze that when you're in this business uh especially something like group breaking and something like even owning a card store you know sure you can analyze your profit at the end of the month when you when you run your own business and you're your own guy and it could be even you know tim from check out my cards brought up a really good point that you know when you open cards you're often you know it's all random you don't know if you're buying it by the pack you're you're in by the box and stuff you don't know what you're going to get and chances are Unless you're just a lover of everything that you get, you're probably going to want to trade them or you're going to want to get rid of some of the ones that you don't want, Of uh, either whether you don't like the player, you don't like the team or you're just not interested in the cards themselves or maybe they're worth a lot. Maybe you pull a card that's worth you know, two or $3,000 and that, that, that is like a, a big amount of money. It is a big amount of money and you want to liquidate it. So there's always reasons for people to sell cards and Tim brought up the point whereas in other collectibles it's not always the case like with comic books it's more of a choice you know you're not ended up with not buying grab bags of comic books and the same in, in the coin industry when you go to the coin shop and there actually are grab bags in coins and that's part of the allure for a lot of the coin collectors I know love to just go through the coins and kind of dig through them so they like that kind of grab bag Uh, mentality. But a lot of coin collectors that are interested in buying and selling are not buying grab bag type stuff. They're buying certain coins for a reason and and waiting for the market to change or the metal value or whatever. And so in sports cards, there's always sellers. So all of us that are listening to this show, or not all of us, I would say a large percentage. I would probably say 70, 80, 90%. That's why there, there are so many sports card blogs Compared to, you know, look at, like, other industries out there, even, like, sneakers. Like, there's a couple good sneaker websites, like like Nike Jordan sneaker websites. There's a couple. There's, I mean, quite a few. But there's probably bet- more coverage on sports cards than there is on Nike Air Jordan sneakers, which is a multi-billion dollar business with a B. Um, so... But my my point is is if you're out there you know chances are you're if you're into collecting cards and you're listening to the sports card podcast so you're probably into cards a little bit you're probably a seller too and the thing that you can really really learn from check out my cards and and what I learned today is what they really do spend a lot of time analyzing and they have uh models that I really believe are truly probably proprietary in certain ways um, where they analyze the speed in which their employees are doing work and that's something you should do if if you don't have employees you need to analyze it on your own and you need to analyze your time because it's not that you need to make twenty dollars an hour or fifty dollars an hour that number is is really insignificant to me Uh, everybody's value on your time it it, it depends on your uh, on your own uh, appreciation it depends on where you live it depends on your education level it depends on a lot of things um your experience and your own self-demands for your how much you're worth but in a business you need to analyze like with group breaking we've talked about it on the show a lot group breaking's a really uh like I, I think of it as a – my brother called it a, I think a sideshow one time and that's really what I think it will become unless somebody figures out a way to make the process. Because if you analyze the time and the processes needed to fully complete and, and do a group break, you, you we're talking about minuscule money. You're you're probably losing money in the law. And I say you're losing money because all that time you're spending on group breaking could be spent doing something else. It's called opportunity cost. Sure, you might make $300 opening a case that took you... From beginning to end, from promotion to ordering it, to all that, to emailing back and forth to people, to shipping it out, packaging it, buying the bubble mailers, sorting all the cards, opening it live, all that takes eight to nine hours for 300 bucks. Like you're really you – know, you're wasting your time in a lot of ways because during that eight or nine hours, you probably could have figured out a way to make $300 a day. And then not have to do anything, or make $300 a month and not have to do anything else. Just work those nine hours, and you're making $300 a month for the next however many months. It's really not that hard. And you're giving up that opportunity by doing this group breaking that isn't scalable as well. And that's where analyzing, because, you know, Check On My Cards wouldn't have even become an existence and a model in which. Because this model you know, one thing I will say, is, is this model that Tim has, has produced here, everybody thinks of Amazon as being kind of the gold standard, and they've just emerged into where they have big uh, production not production, but uh, like warehouse facilities. Uh, they call them distribute that's what they call them. They call them distribution centers. And Amazon, gold dig through their financials. It's really hard to figure out how they make money they don't even make money they lost money last quarter and this is a company that has has lost money quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter for decades this company's rarely ever made any money so that's why it's really fascinating for me to see check out my cards with no venture capital investments no it doesn't seem like there's big Bank of America balance sheet debt or whatever some line of credit or something that's keeping this business going this bu- business is running itself because they've analyzed how much it actually costs to do it and they charge their customers uh the right fees to make it make it work and if you don't do that as a as a business owner out there you're just going to continue to get penny pinched penny pinched penny pinched by somebody else that's willing to do it cheaper and cheaper and cheaper Anyways, I, I just want to stress that the, the thing that really makes Check Out My Cards work and it's the reason why it's a sustainable business and he hasn't run off with your cards or all of a sudden raised fees by 50% or 60% um, or 100% or something like that is because he's analyzed it already and he's he's done calculations where it's like, okay, here's the number for – a hundred cards. He started with his own cards, and here's here's what it would take to do a hundred orders. Here's what it would take to do a thousand. Here's what it would take to do ten thousand and a million and and ten million. And he's gone through that process, um, and you know, to a certain degree of accuracy, by analyzing a sample size. And. You know, to be very specific out there, you you can do the same thing with your own collection. If you're just a collector and you listen to this show, and you're just sorting through your cards or whatever, and you're and you maybe selling a card here, like I said, maybe you pull something big or you pull something from a rival team that you don't want, and you and you're moving it, but you're not a big seller. You still want to analyze what I would do if you're in that boat and you're not a big seller. You're just kind of a collector that that will only liquidate when. At certain times of the year when you feel like it or when it's convenient, I would analyze, hey, what's the time spent uh, trying to find new cards, trying to bid on them, trying to locate the ones I want, trying to locate guys that can trade with me or whatever, or trying to find the guys that actually have these cards that you want for sale. I would try to analyze that and try to figure out ways that maybe you can do it even faster because – To me, if I was a collector and I had money to spend and I was out there wanting to try to acquire cards, I would think that I would want to do it as efficiently as possible. Not that I want to blaze through the task and get it over with, but the more efficiently you search for cards and you know where to find them and you know where to locate them on eBay or you have certain sellers that you go to just figure out ways where you can make that even faster so you can buy you can locate more and you can not miss certain things cuz that's always the thing that was frustrating with me when i was collecting a lot i always hated when i had a thing i was watching on ebay and it it went for a pro- i was i was out or i was at, at you know i was watching basketball or i was away from my computer and i missed it you know it's those are the frustrating things that, if you really analyze well why did i why did I miss that auction? What are the ways I can do it to so where i don 't miss that auction, or maybe I should just put in a price or maybe I should do something like that? There are some decisions you can make, and if you 're not thinking about it, if you're not analyzing it it's it 's not going to happen and the better the best example I can think of is. You know, listing, either listing cards one by one, starting like a single card shop, starting even like a box um, where you're selling unopened boxes or you're doing group breaking. You're constantly listing new items every week. A new uh, box comes out or every week or every day you're doing a different kind of break or a different type of sport or whatever. You have new single card. I mean, it's endless boxes, single cards that you need to list. You Before you dive head first and go crazy on that stuff, analyze some of it. Analyze, you know, even now, even if you haven't done it, stop everything that you're doing and go and try to analyze a little bit. Go back and look at your videos. See how long that take you take out every iPhone and every phone out there has a stopwatch and a, and, a, and something like that. Take out your take out your phone and take out and and count how long it takes for you to promote it on Twitter and to sort through all the cards and to do all the PayPal stuff. And like I said, it's not it's not all that important to figure out how much money you are making per hour, although that's an important number. What you want to do is start multiplying this. Is say, okay, that's how long it takes me to do a twelve box case of you know a a product with this type of configuration and what if i did the thing i would think about with group breaking is maybe if you analyze it maybe you find that the one hit wonder products where it's just you know one pack with only you know i would say less than eight to ten cards maybe those products are 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 could make you a lot more money than trying to rip top series 1 or bowman chromes or tops chrome type products that are 24 packs, 30 packs or whatever where it's tons of base that you've got to sort and 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 ship off to people. Maybe you should just ignore those kind of products. Maybe you should only sell the one pack. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe the one pack products don't work out. Maybe it really does pay to sit there and ship all this stuff out. I don't know. Maybe there's competitive advantage to shipping out the base. Because some people don't do it or some people do. I don't know. If you don't know the answers to that those questions, you need to figure them out. And that's what I don't see a lot of people. I, I go in to check on my cards and it's natural. And it's, oh, yeah, we've got these algorithms and we've got these, you know, I don't know if they're algorithms. But there's these computer programs that analyze everybody's speed in there. And I'm sure they're click path. I mean, I know. Like I think about my click path in my own work. When I'm designing websites, I think about my click path and I think, okay, if I have to click here every three seconds, how can I make that faster? Can I move the window over here or can I do this or can I eliminate that click? Can I eliminate that cut and paste or whatever? you know? Because if I got to do it 200 times, how can I do it the fastest? Those are the things you want to think about. Because it's not that everybody's time has got to be worth $10 million an hour or whatever, but you're giving – the thing I always think of is you're the time you're spending doing that, almost wasting your time doing something or wasting your time over doing something, you're giving up your, your time to do something else. Whether it's hang out with your family, whether it's go for a run, whether it's eat a pizza or buy more cards or sell more cards, it doesn't matter. You only get a certain amount of hours in the day and it looks like to me Check Out My Cards is like making the most of them. So very impressive. That was the thing. I don't know how – I don't know how like really amazing that my anal- my analysis of that was but that was like the most impressive thing that I think everybody can take away from Check Out My Cards because their business model, like I said, is not for everybody and if the barrier for entry – is getting higher and higher and higher every day um, to get into that business. So, I, But I found that their analyzing of, of like employees' workflow and how fast and the process of that and the way they can do multiplications on that to analyze an influx of orders or maybe a decline in orders can really give them a judge on their business and sustainability. And that's something everybody should do um, in every business, not just cards. Um, some of the other interesting things that I saw and overheard were that that we're, they're probably going to need to expand they've already almost i think they're they're reaching capacity at that at their their storage facility so they don't have a whole lot more room um to take cards they have a little bit of office space so they can take more. Um, more administrative type um, roles and stuff like that, um, but eh, there was some really interesting stuff going on, and people were working. You could tell people were working. There was people kind of coming in and out, and there was a lot of people that that worked there, and it, it was really, it was really kind of cool. I mean, you gotta, you know, I take a step back. I even took a step back when we left, and I was like, hey, man, all those people in there, they're, you know, at the end of the day, that they, they're gonna go home, and they're gonna. You know, watch a DVD or watch Netflix or they're going to watch a show and they're going to, you know, they're either married or maybe they have friends. Maybe they'll even go out tonight. And, you know, there's it's quite a little economy that they've created. They're um, selling uh, sports cards for now. And I, I've said this on the show myself and I confirmed it today that that site will one day cards will only be a very small sliver of what they're they'll all be about if they reach to me if they want to reach their full potential that that they'll have to start expanding into some of these other markets that have a, a wider and and a more broad um collector base i guess cards is still really really small and that's even what they said there was that cards are really really in the grand scheme of things cards are really really small in terms of a category in terms of what people buy you know compared to shoes compared to video games compared to coffee tables you know compared to laptops all this stuff cards is is way 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 down the list um of things people Think about purchasing. In our own community, we think it's really important, and we really think it's it it's going somewhere or that it's got a lot of potential. But in the grand scheme of things, and with past history, maybe being a foresight, not really. Um, so you know, and that's good for you. You don't want to send all your cards to check out my cards and and invest maybe a lot of time and money into their site. And have them have a narrow focus because that's going to dry. that's not going to be the, in the best interest for you. You want, um, you want them to expand into comic books, into coins, into memorabilia, into flat items or what – expand into a lot of different things. And one thing um, that I think I feel comfortable talking about is redemption cards and how Check Out My Cards could make redemption cards a far more – a process that could be more fun and one thing that we talked about that was really interesting it was not all not really all check on my cards related but what tim was thinking was that redemption cards when you pull them you should be able to immediately redeem it for something else that you get to pick and what he called it is like He kind of referred to it as a different tier where you have maybe a platinum tier redemption and maybe a gold tier redemption, a silver tier, and then we have a bronze tier. And so depending on what that – and, and, you know, Panini and Tops would have to – if you're pulling a Kobe. If I pulled a Kobe Bryant redemption, it would be probably a platinum tier. It would be like the highest tier redemption. So I should be able – When I pull this card, I should be able to go to Panini.com or in Check Out My Cards benefit, they'd ideally want you to maybe interact with their site. They, They want you to go to a site and I'd be able to select from a list. So maybe they don't have that, Kobe. Bryant right now and maybe brand new absolute basketball just comes out or something like that and I pull a Kobe but wait maybe they have other Kobe's maybe they got Kobe 8 by 10s maybe they have Kobe on a basketball maybe they got Kobe in another set that that didn't sell or whatever they have extras of or whatever well I can immediately redeem that for maybe another Kobe or maybe for Durant maybe I don't like Kobe maybe I'm a Knicks fan they got uh, Carmelo or John Starks or something that I can redeem this card for. I thought that was a really really good idea. The benefit of, of that kind of system is that for one, us as a collector, we can immediately receive satisfaction if we get, you know, getting a Kobe Bryant redemption and and that is kind of on the high end, but what if we get kind of this mid-range rookie? What if we get a guy that we don't even know who he is? Maybe he retired, maybe he's hurt. Um, whatever it might be, it allows us immediate options for that. We don't have to just scratch off the code, wait for Panini or Tops or whoever it is to get the redemption. Or even if they have it, i got to wait a couple days or a couple weeks to get the card. It's kind of a nightmare. It's kind of a, a, a long process for everybody. So it's it, what it also does is Tim brought up the point that it would allow f- for their product – To be bought up earlier on. So think about this. If you're, say, this system is in place and and Topps Chrome Football comes out and say they couldn't get, um, you know, 10% of the rookies, some of them good, some of them not good, to sign on card or whatever or sign for the set. So they're redemptions. Now, if you were able to immediately take those redemptions, you open up a box and you hit a redemption and you're immediately allowed to upgrade that card or exchange that card for something else in this pool of prizes. Tim argued that it would it would you know there'd be collectors out there and there'd be people out there maybe even dealers and stuff like this that would want to open the product early instead of say 6 months from now or 8 months from now when those that pool of redemption cards or prizes or or exchange cards, you could call them, is, is depleted. You know, there's a lot of the good cards in there are gone. That's if it's one centralized pool of prizes for each set. I, I could argue that Tops and Panini and these companies could use a service like Check Out My Cards, or they could set it up on their own where they have a website where it's just a flowing list of of prizes you can uh, you can be redeeming exchanges uh, redemption cards for and tim also said hey you know when when people exchange these redemption cards and it it allows panini and tops to get off the hook for that uh customer waiting for that card but that athlete's gonna sign at some point for those redemption cards because there's going to be people that want those cards and and pull it and redeem it well, when those come in, say it's Rodney Stuckey or something, when Rodney Stuckey all of a sudden sends all his cards in, well, the ones that got exchanged for other ones early on in the program can now go into that pool of new redemption. So now that Rodney Stuckey that someone traded in for you know, four or five months ago now that card is available for another collector to exchange. And I thought that was a re- I thought it was a really good idea. And I thought the connection that it would sell product earlier if you're allowed to pull redemptions and exchange it for, say, early on. The first week or two is always the hottest time when there's really nice prizes up on there. I think that would be a really good incentive for people to, one, open up the product and, two, hit the redemptions. You'd actually be looking for the redemption cards. Because you'd want and you wouldn't care who it was you'd actually hope that it wasn't a very good one so you could exchange it for something that at least was of your pleasure or you might have a really nice choice so like you could choose between 40 50 different cards or or items or boxes of cards packs whatever it might be um, to exchange that card for and I thought that was an excellent um, I thought that was an excellent idea that has lots of legs and I think the the companies I think Tim from check on my cards kind of Said that it's one of those things that Panini and Tops and these companies, they know that it, it would probably make more sense for them to handle their redemption cards through check out my cards like it, have him handle the all the the workflow and the and the shipping out the card and the receiving and all that How, you know panini's still working out the designing of the card and getting the athlete to sign it but it would just all get forwarded or sent to check out my cards for them to ha- have to deal with you the customer and sh- making sure it gets gets to you once it, it's in their possession So he, Tim from Check On My Cards described that as maybe something, only a matter of time. Maybe Check On My Cards needs to be in business for, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years um, for them to really, for the manufacturers to really, you know, they're still relatively young. And if you don't go over there and meet with them in person and you don't really realize what they have going on there, you might think it's just kind of a small thing. Um, Or not capable You might think they're not capable of handling redemption cards But they'd probably handle it better And it'd be cheaper for Panini And anything that's cheaper for Panini Either A, they make more money Or B, they, you know Usually A, they make more money And B, they they invest a little bit more in their products It would make the cards better It would make pulling redemption cards a little bit less painless And so it'd be a win-win for everybody Let's hope companies start maybe waking up to that fact. Um, The other thing that was kind of interesting is we talked about Amazon – Amazon has this – Amazon Prime. And I think a lot of people were made aware of it this last week when Jeff Bezos went – I think I was on 60 Minutes – and showed these drones and and delivering things through the air, and it was called Amazon Prime Air – And a nice bit of marketing there by that CEO. Again, Amazon doesn't make any money right now. Uh, Their Amazon Web Service business, I think, makes a little bit of money, or at least the revenues have grown quarter over quarter for a long time. But they don't really make a whole lot of money, but they have a lot of really good ideas, and they've invested a lot in their business, and so you have some interesting things and this Amazon prime, where you pay I think it's eighty dollars a year, I think you pay it all up front. It's almost like a Costco or a Sam's club. I don't know if that's similar there's you know out here there's Costco. I don't know if that's nationwide, but essentially you have you pay every year fifty bucks or whatever it is, and then you have access to this wholesale warehouse facility and buy goods or whatever. So similar thing for think about that for Check Out My Cards where I paid, you know, nine ninety nine a month or I paid $90 a year or whatever the fee had to be. Maybe it's five bucks. Maybe it's more than that. But Tim from Check Out My Cards talked about having kind of then automatic shipments where I don't have to go in there and pick what's choose to be sent to me every month, and, and every month, just on a certain day or a certain period of time, I, I can ship these cards to me. Um, and so, everything that I, inside my account, everything that I mark, mark as shipped, would just automatically be sent to me, say, on like the 20th of every month, or the, the third Friday of every month, or the first of every month, I would just automatically get a shipment from check on my cards if I had cards in marked for ship. And he talked about how that would that would allow them possibly to make that a pretty affordable service or or an attractive service for you as a collector and for them as well because they can then know okay we have all these shipments that have to go out on the first because you know we have say three hundred people signed up to this automatic you know Com C Prime. Uh, subscription model so then they know hey we need maybe a little extra help that day or we're going to need to have all these people scheduled or we need this kind of system they'll be able to develop a system that makes that very cost effective and usually in business and with com c's business you know like the more it becomes more efficient and more cost efficient the more orders they do that's kind of how the business is designed the more business they get it drives down their costs a little bit um per card, and in that way they make more money, so they're just trying to get more and more business and so it's a good it's a good business on their end and it's a good business on your end because as you and other collectors use comp more it won't drive the it won't drive the cost ups incremental like you would see i mean boxes of cards have gone up we have a fifteen hundred dollar box now and it seems like every box that panini puts out is either 120 150 or more um and every box that tops puts out is you know like 80 90 or it's like 250 or something like that so things have gotten expensive they are not a whole lot of 30 dollar boxes anymore and there's very few one dollar packs anymore so I'm not saying that C's prices aren't going to change or go up over time, but um, it should make you should make you feel pretty confident. I think if you had cards over there, if you've invested a lot of time, maybe deposited a lot of money on that site, it um, should make you feel very comfortable with the situation as it stands now. But an Amazon Prime model would be really um, kind of – I thought it would be really – I don't think I'd use it because I don't ship enough stuff. I think I've only – I looked in my uh, – history on my account. I think I've only taken four shipments from Check uh, check Out My Cards. I think I've only received four different packages, three or four different packages, over the course of several years. I think this is my third or fourth year using the site, so it's... uh, It would be more for that person that's buying lots of cards on there and getting packages sent to them very often. It actually might be more cost-effective for you to go on kind of a subscription model, batch all your shipments into one batch for one month, and they automatically send it to you to where you don't even have to even request it. As long as you have cards purchased and ready to rock and roll, they send them to you. And I thought that that was a pretty interesting idea. And... We've gone on, let's see, 40 minutes or so. Um, that about sums up, you know, I encourage anybody, if you can get up here uh, to the great state of Washington. For some, it's kind of across the country or for many. It's kind of a long flight for almost anybody unless you're out here in the West. Um, but really interesting. It's not like a building you can just r- roll up to and go in. Um my friend, you know, emailed them and called them, and we called when we got there to get let in. So you want to set all that up, but you know, you're more than welcome to. You don't have to have a podcast or uh, you know be anything special to get a tour if you if you want one. Um, and I think it, it's really worthwhile, especially if you're in like into like operations management and stuff like that. Like I'm really into that stuff just because. If you invest in the stock market and you're looking at companies every day, you have to ask these questions about how companies work. And so I'm really interested in how companies operate and they all operate a little bit differently. And everyone does things um, you know, to different to levels of success. And I think – check out my cards or ComC, however you want to – whatever you want to call them. Um, I think they're, they're really successful – because they've really analyzed their processes, and they've really analyzed, okay, what does it what what does it take to list a card and to sell a card and to package it up to the to the buyer and send it to them? Um, you know, what does that all take, and how can we, you know, automate that whole process? And when they were sh- when we were in the back, and they were showing us the guys that were packaging up all the orders and getting them ready to go. Um, And what was cool, what was actually kind of interesting to me is that the majority of their orders actually go into bubble mailers. Um, And so the majority of orders are only a handful of cards and they've they had, you know, boxes and and stuff ready to rock and roll. But I thought that was kind of interesting that they had, you know, a lot of bubble mail. You think of check out my cards, you know, buying a hundred cards, 200 cards, 300 cards, but um, that's not the large percentage of people. It was like lots and lots of bubble mailers that were being sent out. But they were showing us that workflow there, and it's a gentleman that is, you know, there's barcodes and stuff, on, and he's just scanning it in. And it automatically brings up your address. He does a few clicks and a few checks. Clicks print, they use stamps.com. They use some kind of service, or a, stamps.com is a pretty pretty cool service. If you're, you know, if you're only doing 30 or 50 packages a day, I could see you don't need stamp.com. But when you get into the hundreds or more, using something like that is very, very cool. And so they were using this, stamps.com would would ca- automatically calculate the postage and print out a label and do all that for them. And inside their software, when the workflow completed, and the label was printed, and the and it was ready to rock and roll. The their system would automatically send you an email. So when you get those emails, hey, your card shipped. That's obviously an automatic. Nobody's sitting there typing out your email address. And so those are the, those are the kind of processes. Sure, if you only have, you know, I think on eBay, even when I was doing a couple thousand dollars a month on eBay, um, I was only doing. You know I was selling more thirty, twenty, and thirty dollar stuff, so I was probably only selling five or six items a day, maybe a little bit more than that, maybe ten, fifteen at the most so automating your stuff and doing all that's not that big of a deal, not that like pressing of an issue, but you always want to think about that as you start to grow and you start to push things forward or maybe you had to you have to train another person. Maybe your business is expanding and you have to train somebody. That's why I check on my cards. The more automated it is because they have guys there that are gonna work there for a while. I'm sure the there's turnover there. And there's people that work there for a little while and maybe they're in college or maybe they're they're waiting to get a cooler job or, or a a better, you know, a cooler position or something somewhere else. They're just they're working at check out my cards almost kind of temporarily. And they're, you know, like I said, a lot of them might be in school or or some of them might be, um, you know, getting training or or working to be, you know, a chef or working to own their own business. Maybe they want to open up their own card store or something like that. So people come and go. So the easier you can make things and and where it's only a couple clicks and it's all you can teach your little cousin how to do it, um, the better off it is. So. That about wraps it up for today. There's a lot more that Check Out My Cards has down the pipeline. They have like another interesting piece of software that's going to come shortly that I think is going to really be useful to you, even if you don't want to buy or sell on their site. I think it's going to be a very – if they can pull it off the way I think they're trying to pull something off here, I think it's going to be very useful to just about anybody. Um, and I just find it to be a, a, a really, really good success story inside cards here. I mean, you go to the to check out my cards and you realize this was all started from just basically one person's idea on how to make the process of selling your cards a little bit easier and a little bit more... Um, you know, take it into the 20, 21st century here where they're doing some of the warehousing, they're doing the distribution for you. All you have to do, you know, your time. Like I said, they really value their time there. Check out my cards because they're always analyzing how to make it more efficient. And so their service is really set up for people that really value their time. And so I guess that's why I really enjoy the service because if I have cards I want to sell, I just put them in a box and I send them to them. And then, I, I wish that somebody they'd have a service where somebody could just price them or I could automatically price them 50 or 40 percent off whatever the book value is or whatever. That would make it even easier for me because then I wouldn't have to sit there and price them. But and it also makes it easy when I want to buy. When I want to buy, I, I, can, I don't have to sit there and wait to bid. I don't have to sit there and, and and all that and i'm I'm not usually in the market for the hot new stuff that people tend to overpay for. So I don't really use eBay unless it's a really rare card or the people on check on my cards have it for too much and they don't want to take my offer. So I you know, I use a site this is not. They I think they've even sent me an email in the last month or two asking for paid ads and my my uh my stance on that is we're not we're not taking sponsorship here at Sports Card Radio. We're not taking ad money. Uh, We don't want to take ad money. We don't – it's not that I don't need it, but it compared to other – if you're in the webmaster world, the price somebody in the sports card world can pay you for an ad is really its pennies compared to what you can get for the same kind of traffic in a much broader niche, something like shoes or something like jewelry. Or tra- the travel business, you know, if you get a 1,000 people to a website in the travel business, just like say, say you had a Seattle blog on, on the sites to see around here and you got about a 1,000 people a day, eh, you could get a lot of advertisers to pay a lot of money there um, to be on that um, because there's a lot of money in that business. In cards, you get a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, however many people you want to your site, you're never – there's not enough advertisers. There's not enough demand in this business to get anybody to pay you more than a couple hundred bucks, and a couple hundred bucks is is really you know it's a really a waste of your real estate. And plus, I think it makes you not as objective to to things. If you're taking sponsorship money and ad money, you're not. It's going to be hard for you to say something bad about about those people. And obviously, it's become the more and more I meet with these people that check out my cards and. I've met the, like, it's kind of a family. There's a lot of the family working there. I've met some people there. Um, It obviously becomes harder and harder to maybe criticize what they have going on or whatever. But, um, you know, I I think people realize at this point in the sports card business, you've probably checked out, check out my cards. And it's either for you or it's not. But... I I think they're going to continue to evolve as a business to where you're going to use them at some point um, for other reasons. You might not want to buy and sell them there, and that's not for everybody. Um, But at some point, I think you might use their data or you might use their photos or you might use – some of the other things that they have coming down the line here for cards, And you might have comics at some point that you send to them. You might have memorabilia or you might use them as your, maybe you're a group breaker. You might do the math. It might be, you might be able to do a hundred case breaks or, or maybe actually scale the case breaking business by using them. I know he set up a service where it was send me my cards and send me your boxes and we'll do all the sorting and all that stuff for you. And to me, that seemed very, like a great idea the problem is is no group breaker is to that scale yet to be able to make that affordable for you and your customers you'd be you'd need to be breaking every day probably four five six hours a day actually a full-time job but nobody can do that nobody because group breaking is just not there's just not enough buyers there for one the product isn't good enough to maybe next year maybe when this nba like right now this time next year Like, if you're listening to these in the archives, you could be saying, well, hey, basketball's pretty. Jabari Parker's pretty tight right now. And, you know, uh, Johnny Manziel's he's not playing right now, but he's still really hot. And, you know, Lance Seastruck's a pretty sick uh, running back. And Brandon Cooks is a pretty sweet wide receiver. So there could be lots of cool stuff going on this time next year to where, yeah, you could be breaking – four or five hours a day because you got uh you got this year's football you got this year's basketball and then hey maybe it takes a year or two for some of these uh rookies to kind of do well so there's going to be all this back stock of 2013 football and even probably last year's basketball and this year's basketball maybe some guys start breaking out maybe michael carter williams is the real deal and his cards start continue to go up and up and, and it drives the boxes up and, and drives interest in those so you might be able to scale up to where, oh, I could do, I could bust 20 boxes a day, 20 cases a day, but I can't then sort through all the cards and do another 20 tomorrow. All I can do is bust the cards. Well, you just check out my cards, bust the 20 cases, UPS it for 12 bucks over there, and boom, you're done. And just be transparent with your customers. Say, hey, we're using Check Out My Cards. You can drop the cards into your account over there or you can have them shipped to you and it will be the same price or even maybe lower. Those are the kind of things you want to think about. And that's why I argue Check Out My Cards is going to become more ambiguous to everybody. Even if you don't like to use them right now, eventually they're going to kind of like lead their way into your life. And I, I really, or we, not in your life. It's not like Apple or like Google tries to do. Those guys try to get in your life, like Facebook. They're going to try to get into your sports card collection. They're going to try to touch you in some way um, with your sports cards. And they'll keep coming up with ways to connect with you because their business is set up to where the more, like I said, the more business they have, the more people they have using their their site, the the more efficient and cheaper it becomes for them and the more profit and more importantly to them the more profitable it becomes and the more lucrative it becomes for them and that's a that's a sign of a really good business when when the more you can that's called you know we talk about all this scale and stuff on here and i think people don't maybe don't perceive maybe don't understand the importance of that But check out my cards wouldn't even be here if they had analyzed it early. I think even Tim even said that. He said we wouldn't even be here if I analyzed it early on and didn't think I could come in at a competitive price, you know, right around eBay or right around the same fees or maybe a little less, maybe a little more depending on how you're using it. And – You know, be able to offer a service where he can make it easier for people to buy and sell cards because it is a lot easier um, for the average person to understand, check out my cards. um, I think on the buying end, because you're just buying cards and they're sending them to you on the selling end. It might might take you a little longer to understand, oh, I got to send this guy my cards and I don't have them with me. That might take a little getting over. Um, but it certainly doesn't have to be your entire collection. It could be a portion of it. So the last thing, one last nugget is they're working very closely with sports card shops as well. So it's almost like, and hopefully sports card owners out there realize how this could really benefit their business, what they want to do. And this goes along with kind of our Amazon prime or ComC prime, putting that in quotes, that's not a label they gave it. That's my own, um, kind of abbreviation for it but this kind of like subscription service you might be able to have the cards delivered to your local card store and they might even be able to cut the cost on shipping even more because they're batching out orders to a card store and it's very similar if you order something on say like target.com or best buy or one of these websites that have a physical presence oftentimes you can say ship it to the store ship it to my local champs or ship it to my local Best Buy, and I can just walk in there and pick it up. Might be very useful um, in certain situations. I've done that. Sometimes it's free. I've often done that if shipping it, if I'm buying maybe a low cost item and it's going to cost me, I'm paying twenty dollars for the item, and it's going to cost me five or seven dollars to ship it to myself or more. I might as well just st- ship it to the store for free and pick it up there, and it works out for everybody. The store was going to get a shipment anyways. Um, and it also brings me into the store and I might buy something extra. I might develop a relationship with uh, that, that uh, store owner or that store and might be able to come back in there. Instead of buying online, I can buy in the store. And same thing with the card shops. Their hope with Checkout check My Cards is hoping card stores kind of embrace their service and get customers to come in, maybe open up a box. You can just leave your cards there. Or say you open up a box of cards and you do pull a really nice card. Well, instead of taking it home and maybe showing you, I can think of, like this is kind of like the devious side of me. I you know owning a card shop. I heard many guys would come in and they'd have these wives and you know they'd you know everybody probably over exaggerates that uh, the pressure to not spend money or whatever, but it was real in some sense. I could see a way to where you could come into the card shop. And open up a product, and maybe you hit like a really tight card. Maybe you pull an amazing card. And that, that would be a way to, like, to put it instead of bringing it home. Now your wife knows you're strapped up with a thousand. She's gonna be expecting like a diamond ring or a necklace or something or a nice dinner out. Well, now I can just put it and move it right onto my checkout and my cards, and, and nobody has to know. Or say you go a little crazy and you spend four or five hundred dollars. Well, you can immediately, I can leave my cards there. At the card store, he can get him to check out my cards pretty, probably pretty quickly, and I can get them uploaded to my account, and boom, I can start selling and get some of this money back before maybe my wife finds out. So I could see – check out my cards and the card store – Really working well together, especially if the card store owner really embraced it and really kind of encouraged it. And the reason why I think they should encourage it is because I said this all the way back when I first started talking about Check Out My Card several years ago. It's a site that encourages you to collect for a long time or it almost discourages you from getting out of the hobby. Why? is because they have, one, if you have money sitting on your account – It's cheaper for you, I put that in quotes, it's cheaper for you to just buy more cards and send them to you instead of withdraw the money and take the 20% cash out fee. So if I have 100 in my account, I really only have 80, but I could buy $100 worth of cards or I could buy a $100 card and get that sent to me. So it it actually, the site inherently keeps you in collecting because if I buy a $100 card on the site instead of having cash, You know, I'm staying in the hobby. Now I have this $100 card that I've got to either sell somewhere else or whatever to get my $100 if I want to liquidate. But on eBay, it's a pure liquidation fest. Every card I have, I can put it on there and I get straight cash, straight PayPal. And I can use that PayPal to buy whatever. And there's no penalty to withdraw money out of PayPal. So that's why the card shop owner And people out there would be wise to promote this. And this is why I've promoted this site for free and never taken a penny from them. Because I believe the more and more people that use this website, the more and more collectors are going to be. Because it forces you to basically stay into the hobby. And plus, if you have cards on the site... That keeps you in the hobby where if I had them in my basement, they could get lost or they could just sit there and I don't do anything. And sure, they can just sit there and check out my card facilities. But they also have – if I'm pricing them at a certain price, it's in my motivation to probably sell them. And then like I said, once I sell them, now I have money in my account and it's really in my best interest to buy more cards. Instead of do the 20, I don't mind the 20% cash out fee, but if that's something that bothers you, then you're going to buy more cards and get those sent to you, or you're going to resell those. And it's going to continue the process. It's going to keep you in the hobby. Instead of just a box sitting in your closet where you're not interacting with the community, you're not doing anything with those cards. Those cards aren't doing anything for you. On check out my cards, they might do something for you. It might keep you in the hobby, might keep you more interested and engaged I think everybody can learn from this, everybody, especially people, like, like I said, um, the majority of us sell cards to some level of degree, and if you sell cards, think about your customer engagement, think about your processes. Think about your efficiencies. Think about your OM or your operations management. How can you make things more efficient? So if you were to get an influx of orders or if sports cards really got popular and hot again or if there's a like, – like I said, I'm really looking forward to next year's football and really looking forward to next year's basketball, not because I'm going to buy any of it, not because I'm going to sell any of it. But because I think there's going to be people out there that are going to make some real money next year. And I I think it's going to be exciting for if you're out there and you don't care about selling and you don't care about money really. You just care about buying and getting your big hits. Well, I think there's going to be a hell of a lot more big hits and more exciting stuff next year. So I'm really excited for everybody. And I think it's worth analyzing now. Now that we're – like I said, it's kind of – like I said on the last show, it's kind of slow right now. Football sucks, honestly. Not that football – the NFL sucks. I've had fun watching football. But the rookies suck. Let's be real. They all suck. Geno Smith is not going to be a pro quarterback. E.J. Manuel, not a pro quarterback. Uh, These running backs, Eddie Lacy, uh, Giovanni Bernard, in three or four years, they might not even be a pro. They're going to be a second stringer. That's just what happens to running backs. There's no wide receiver that looks like Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, A.J. Green. Just period. It's not there. It's not going to materialize. These guys aren't just going to pop up and become amazing players. Maybe two or three years down the line, we got a guy, a Troy Palamalu on D or something. But I don't see it right now. And that's what happens. I've been doing this business for, for over a decade. I've seen real hot years and real bad years. Sometimes four or five years later, it gets hot again. Look at Aaron. I remember Aaron Rodgers' stuff. I think he was 05. That stuff you could get for nothing. Ronnie Brown was like the best guy. and Alex Smith was, was everybody thought he sucked. And then all of a sudden, it blew up. A couple years later, all of a sudden, oh, Aaron Rodgers is starting. Oh, shit, Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl. Oh, crap, now you can't find any of that stuff anymore. They were, they were giving it away in 2006, 2007, 2008. They were just giving that stuff away. So it happens. It happens all the time. You have bad years like this. Not every year is going to be good, and not every year has to be good. It's not like a right for the rookies to be good and for the companies to make good products, they're going to have bad years, and this year is one of them. All this stuff is, is, is literally sitting out there at wholesale prices. You as a consumer, it's great for you. None of this stuff has gone up in price, and if it does, you're overpaying. And if it does, it's market manipulation as well. Because what the what the wholesale and this is why I always argue that the wholesale and the distributors should just get driven out. Because what happens is, is if this stuff gets hot, it, it is sitting there at the distributors. But the minute somebody goes off in the Super Bowl, the minute it, it get, goes up, oh, you call your distributor on Monday morning, and it's like, hey, you got you had that I got an in stock list from you last week, and it said you had uh, 2011 football, and it now it's. And now it's, uh, you know, for $40 a box. And now on eBay, it's like 85 a box. Can I, can I get 10 boxes? Oh, no, we're sold out. They'll tell you, oh, no, we're sold out. We sold out of that really quick, you know, obviously because, you know, this guy went off. They'll tell you that. Oh, but then on Friday or the next week, you'll get an email. Oh, all of a sudden we have all this uh, 07 football in again and it's all $300. It's all the same price as it is on eBay. And it didn't go anywhere. It didn't magically appear somewhere. They didn't just magically buy more from from some mysterious warehouse that's sitting out. No, it's just sitting in their their thing. It's just sitting in their in their warehouse. This is why you always have to call. They don't have an online order sheet. It's always call us up because we're going to negotiate the price depending on what we feel. That's why you don't want to be in that game. It's really it's really a Really a bad game. I could go on longer about that, but um, to sum things up, check out my cards. Really cool to be there. Really cool to to see what they have going on. They have some really exciting things coming up. Like I said, that I think would be really beneficial to people. If you don't want to buy on there and you don't want to sell on there, I think they're coming out with something that really. But if you collect cards and you like to acquire cards, they're coming out with something real soon that I think you're going to want to use. Uh, like regardless of whether you use the site or not and um, lots of things that I think will be very exciting uh, to use collectors so I hope you guys are all doing well out there for me it's time to go to bed uh, it's time to enjoy another day up here in the Pacific Northwest and uh, hope you guys are all doing well hopefully uh, safe travels this holiday season we'll be back probably within a day or so and we'll be uh, bringing you an interview with I'll I'll maybe do some interviews over over the holidays and stuff like that if I can coordinate those and maybe we'll have some fun there Um, but until then happy holidays, thanks for listening we are out of here